it's it's weird. We we were going to record yesterday, and then my stomach decided to be weird right before we started recording. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? Nah, nope. I can't do this. I, nothing ever happened. It was just like so weird. I just got like weak and like you know that feeling when your stomach is you're nauseous, you know, but like. Like you're nauseated, but you nothing. There's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. You're you're just nauseated, and you're like, why? Why? Yeah, yeah. It, it almost like I, the only thing I think is like after you have something that's like it's not like it's bad or it's you know rancid or you know whatever. <laughs> like it's not poisonous, but yeah. like it's just not good. It, like your stomach's like, no, we didn't want to eat that today, and then you're just like, oh. The last time I was like nauseated was when I had shingles and mm. I don't know if that was a byproduct of the headache or if it was the mm. the medicine, the side effect from the medicine with the nausea. Yeah. yeah but for yeah. me, it was just like, I don't want to do anything. Like as soon as yeah. I'm done with what I have to do, I just want to lay down with my eyes closed. I don't want to, yeah. I couldn't even remember we didn't record that week. Like I couldn't do anything because yeah. it was just like, I could try to podcast, but I'm not going to be able to think and I'm just right. going to be visibly uncomfortable Right. Um, so, and that, and that's where I was like, I, I, I texted you and was like, yeah, not tonight. And then like <laughs> immediately fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. For like a solid eight hours. And then I woke up and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I feel better. That was like the only thing that was good about having shingles was just like, it just forced me to go to bed at like seven thirty. <laughs> yeah. And I just yep. got a lot of sleep. Yeah, it's like your body's like, please. Look, you don't have a choice. <laughs> we're just gonna shut down. Yeah, I hope you don't have anything to do right now because we're gonna start. We're gonna start turning off the lights in your feet and <laughs> your legs. <laughs> One of my favorite things is when you see videos of people passing out online and they add the like Windows uh, reboot, like or, or like uh, uh, <laughs> Crash, shutdown yeah. sound. Do 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 do. Oh, and it's just like. Yeah. And you just see people like, oh. and so I, I do that all the time. Like when I'm feeling tired or whatever, I'll just look at my wife and go, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> I would think you were going crazy if you did that. If we were just, yeah. Yeah, dude. So like uh, to the point about like being sick and just like body stuff, I had a couple of things I wanted to bring up to you because, um, just because this is like a catch up episode. So like, I just, this is when I remember to take notes on things that I wanted to, to, to bring to you. So I've started like time restricted eating again. Mm-hmm. Um, Intermittent fasting. Basically. But all I'm yeah. doing is basically just deciding like, okay, the window that I'm going to eat, I'm going to try and keep it to like an eight hour window. And that window for yeah. me is like 10 to six, Yeah, which is pretty easy to do. Yeah. All it means yeah. is you just can't eat breakfast right away. Yep. Um, and I'm usually done with dinner by six. So like, it really just means, Hey, it's, if it's eight 30 and you're hungry, stop it. You can't do right, it. You right, can't eat, right. you know? And, yep. and, uh, anyway, like that, my eight to 10 block in the morning is when I usually ch- tend to try to do like my most focused work anyway. So mm. not being distracted with like making or eating breakfast is kind of like, yeah. Hey, that's cool. Like yeah, you're busy sure. anyway, you know? Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> so, um, but anyway, like that. Um, so like after this dinner, like we had enchiladas tonight. Mm-hmm. So like my stomach's real and my, my son wanted me to eat like this chocolate bar with him afterwards. So yeah. I was just like, Oh buddy, I already have got this, oh. the enchiladas. And he was like, eat the chocolate bar. And I was like, okay. So I ate this like Hershey's cookies and cream bar. And, yeah. um, 
I was explaining to my daughter, like the ad campaign for it. I was like, where have all the cookies gone? You know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I just, it was this little bar, but even then I was like, Ooh, this chocolate so heavy yeah. in my tummy. Yep. One of my favorite things after after a, a a good meal is you know at Olive Garden they give you like those Andes mints. It's like the chocolate <laughs> and the and the mint. Yeah, I love those things. And Sarah bought me some for Christmas, mm. and I love those like after a dinner. But I always like eat one, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> why? Oh, it's it's always so good. I'm like like while I'm eating it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is nice. It's a nice palate cleanser. It's got the chocolate, right. got the mint, and then I'm done, and I'm like, oh. When oh. I was when I was still doing the podcast out of my brother's house, that's how I mm. measure time now. Um, sure. This would be like 2011 ish. Um, okay. I before I was married and had kids, uh, I would just have Bailey's. That was mm. like my that was like Your my bedtime cleanser. like. I was like, yeah, it was just my little dessert before bed. It yeah, was yeah, just yeah. a a tall, tall glass of Bailey's. Um, yeah. And that was just a nice throat coater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yummy. Because it's just, you know, I know you've never had Bailey's, but like, it's just, it's, it's like the perfect mixture of like the, not, I won't say the thickness because it's not like it's like a milkshake or anything, but it's like, yeah. you know, chocolate, um, yep. but like a, like a mild chocolate and then mm-hmm. like a nice little in the middle of it, like a sting of alcohol, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you drink it, you go, oh, that, that's definitely an alcoholic beverage, but that's, right, right, that's right. what you experience at the end of mm, chocolate, you know? Yeah. Right. I also did that with uh Kahlua, just straight Kahlua. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, which is also I, I, delicious. I, I, I recommend when you both. said bo- when you said before bed, the first thing that came to my mind was that you would like brush your teeth and then gargle with your Baileys. And like, <laughs> all right, ready for bed. <laughs> That's what we Irish do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need Listerine. There was definitely some double standarding going on because I would like brush my teeth and then I'd like put had Baileys next to my bed, like watch a movie, and then like I'm drinking it and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to get back up, and then I just right. So I, just mm. got, I, mm. I, I, I wake up with Baileys on the teeth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But, but you're like, I don't know. I don't have kids to set a model for right yeah, now. Exactly. Like, it's like, I'm just going to drink <laughs> Bailey's in my bed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That was an experimental time when it came to to my alcoholic choices. Like, I'm going to sure. try gin. And, you know, <laughs> stuff yeah. to cross that off the list. Yeah. <laughs> Found that out quickly. Yeah. But the other body question I wanted to ask you, I think we've, I feel like we've talked about this before, but hmm. d- do you have what's the what's the science on washing your hair every day? Mm. Is it not that you're not supposed to wash it every day? So I'm not an expert, so mm-hmm. take this with a grain of salt, dear dear listener. But I <laughs> um, I believe the 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 actual appropriate thing is to leave a day at least where you don't wash your hair. Okay. Um, so, so wash, then don't, then wash. Um, I don't actually know why, but I've just always heard that I have always washed every day. Mm-hmm. I still wash every day. Um, I'll admit like, so I've got long hair obviously. And, uh, on the second day, if I do end up going a day where like, I just don't shower or whatever. And like, after my son was born, there were days where oh, yeah. you just get up and start the dad thing and you don't, yeah. you just don't, you just don't have a minute to do that. No. And like day two was always like, 
oh, my hair looks really cool today. Like this is exactly <laughs> the way I want it to look all the time. Right. But then like by the end of the day, I was like, oh, I know I need a, I need a shower. I feel dirty. Yeah. I feel dirty. And so like, I've just always showered and, and, uh, and wash my hair daily, uh, like every morning. And I don't know, maybe it's not good for it long-term, but I don't care. I, it makes it, it makes me feel cleaner. Sure. For me, like, you know, my wife is always like, she can just tell if I haven't washed my hair usually, but like mm -hmm. for me, like, like today I washed it. It's, you know, it's the day of the week where I wash my hair. Um, yeah. she'd, she'd be horrified to hear this, but like I, <laughs> I basically right now I do it like Sunday and Wednesday. Like I, okay. it depends on what I did. I might do it more often if like I've been more active, but like for me, it's mm -hmm. just the easiest thing to remember is just, okay, it's Sunday or Wednesday. Yeah. But like for me, because I used to like, I wash it and then like, it's like super thick and hard to mm -hmm. like move through mm -hmm. or it'll just like fluff down on my forehead, like, like a little, yeah. and it's just so annoying. I can't get it to like stay in place. So like for a while I use like this sculpting paste that they sell you when you get your hair cut at sports clubs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so like that worked, but it had a couple of problems, even like the non-greasy stuff, like one, it's just expensive. Um, yeah. two, you know, the next day, like your hair definitely looks greasy because there's stuff still in it. But like, mm. if you just do the regular thing, like, you know, maybe it's day one of, of showering, but not like shampooing and it looks yeah. great. It's like you're saying, like, it looks great because it hasn't been yeah. stripped of all its vitamins, but it's not yeah. like dirty yet. So it's just yeah. like, it's just nice and rinsed. Uh, and yep. it feels, it feels softer. Um, yeah. I don't know yep. what it is, you know? Yeah. The rinse no, can do a, a can go a long way. But yeah, I mean yeah. like the middle of day two, you're like, all right, this is looking I have no clue how it smells. No idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, same. But I but I don't know. You you get used to like even even me with the length hair I have right now, which is too long. Um, like I can I can like smell my hair but I don't, I don't smell anything on it. Right. I guess you just get used to your own scent. I don't know. So like, I have no idea what it smells like ever, Yeah. but, um, but I do, it, you know, it's weird. I don't know <laughs> if you have this thing because I, again, maybe it's just, uh, I, I have no idea. Maybe it's just because my hair's in my face all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, if I cook bacon, the smell of bacon latches onto my hair like <laughs> nobody's business. My wife will always be able to tell if I have bacon. Ah, oh, And she's like, she's like, oh, you had bacon. And I'm like, yep. She's like, you yeah. were near bacon that cooked. And I'm like, yep. I don't know why. It's that smell sticks in my hair for some reason. And um, anyway, that's that's an aside. But the point <laughs> is, I I don't, I don't know what the science of it is. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. Like day two is the day where it always looks the best. It looks like it's got a little shine to it. It's yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, by the end of that, by the end of the second day, my hair falls flatter. Like it, it's like, it just falls straight. Um, and so like any, I don't know, life in it, whatever you call it, I don't know, curl to it. It's just kind of like gone. Um, but like for the most of that second day, it looks great. But I, I just always feel like if I don't wash it daily because of the length I have, it's going to be it, like I'm going to feel like it's dirty. Um, so like if I had shorter hair, 
I think I totally would not do it every day. Yeah. Um, but I've just had long hair for so long that I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to do it every day because it's like, it's just always there. You know what I mean? I can tell if like, if mine starts to swoop weird, like right now mm. it's like, it, I can't get off my forehead because it it's the cleanest. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow it's going to be easier to, for it to like hold itself off my forehead. Like I like to yeah, wear yeah. it. And yeah. so like, cause it, cause all the, all the, um, vitamins and oils are like, are there. So they're like, Oh, let's yeah. hold. And then after yeah. that, it'll be a lot easier. But then the swoop that I've got will mm. like start to take like a more up and down, like, mm. like shape. Yeah. And that's where I'm yeah. like, all right, hold on. Now we're going crazy. The hair too is much, like, too yeah, much. it's getting too, like, yeah. it goes from just like a nice, like strategic swoop to where like mm. it'll go huh, huh. it'll look like i tried <laughs> to make it into like a like a perfect like toothpaste-esque yeah slick, sure like a little yeah. a weird little slick and yeah, it'll go yeah, down yeah. this and it's like all right all right all right stop yeah. it we gotta yeah <laughs> gotta wear a hat today <laughs> <laughs> the grooming clay or whatever that i use yeah um i use it mostly like just up on my forehead just to make sure that that hair doesn't come down into my face because mm-hmm. that's always the struggle of my hair is like if i look down my hair will inevitably fall in front of my entire face <laughs> um and so and so having having the like uh just like a little bit of product in the in the Very front fright, part of it yeah. yeah helps it not to do that yeah. Um, even though it's still like it tries, it wants to, yeah. um, but it helps it not to do that. And then I've just started wearing hats a lot just because I don't have to worry about it. And it's just yeah. like, okay, done, you know, controlled. And, uh, and then I've also started like taking, taking it and kind of like tucking it, which, you know, I don't love to do, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I do it sometimes to me that starts to look mullety with hair my length but um but but regardless like there i i've tried a bunch of different stuff but um but yeah maybe maybe if i let it have a day to not do anything like to not have you know all of its nutrients stripped then maybe i would like it better but i don't know oh i'll always yeah I've, i've i've been hearing lately in like the last 10 years like yeah definitely don't do it every day bro don't do it every day because it'll like yeah. you know It'll just, you're just killing your hair. I remember a professor telling me one time, just like all animals, humans emit pheromones. And, and his recommendation was, if you're trying to attract a mate, then, uh, don't wash as often you're, you're covering up and or stripping all of your natural pheromones. And if you give it, you know, a few days in between washes, then your natural pheromones will emerge and you'll be more likely to attract, uh, you know, a mate and uh why he was telling this to a group of 19 year olds i'm not sure but your advice to find to like get a girlfriend is to not shower this is really weird i don't think this is true yeah he's either trying to 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 um play the field himself and he's trying to thin the herd of competition (laughs) yeah or the school he had a faculty meeting and said look i don't know what i expect but i need y'all to do something about the the water bill on this campus (laughs) and he's like i'll reduce it i have an idea tell the young adults not to shower they cannot have intercourse (laughs) i like i like to imagine that you know this 60 year old man is like i need these 19 year olds off the field i need to get get my date on can't get my swerve on there are too many young too too many people who absolutely have a better chance than i do (laughs) 
<laughs> Gotta give the young ladies the riz. I'll tell them not to shower. They're stupid. They'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> They're impressionable children. Speaking of uh, teachers and instructors, I'm, I'm going to use yeah. this time to uh, to transition to another topic. Um, I want to talk to you about Masterclass. Okay. Sadly, this is not a, a, a an ad read I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> I did reach out to them, by the way. Just, just did to, you? Yeah. Just, you know, to yeah. full disclosure, I was like, hey, like, and they basically were like, we're just not taking any more. We're not taking any uh, more, um, par- uh, you know, whatever affiliates right yeah. now or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which made me think about something else we'll talk about um, with what's going on uh, at Earwolf. But mm. it didn't surprise me because um, a lot of advertisers are like kind of, you know, okay, they're, 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 they're kind of pulling out of podcasting here and there strategically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. so I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Cause like I've been using Masterclass for almost a year. Mm. And so I'm coming up on the end of my um, subscription to them. So I wanted to talk about them real quick because when we talk about what we've been watching lately on this show, um, a lot of times for me, it's, oh, I've been watching Masterclass, but I'm not going to review yeah. something that not everyone has access to. Um, right. Because there is kind of a big barrier to entry with Masterclass. Masterclass uh, is $180 for an entire year of mm-hmm. uh, stuff. So if you're listening, you know what Masterclass is. You've seen ads. I mean, if you vaguely follow movies online algorithmically you've probably seen an ad for masterclass it's you like on youtube most likely um you don't see it on like hulu or you know you don't see it on streaming services before shows you see it on youtube and um maybe some banners but mostly i i I come across them on youtube or you've heard you know one or two podcasts i've heard not too many podcasts talking about masterclass so um I'd heard of it enough and I'm sure, you know, we've been hearing about it for years, especially every time they have like a new high profile instructor, like Samuel L. Jackson, they'll like Mm -hmm. roll out a thing for it just to let you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, this person, you know, masterclass. So masterclass, Mm -hmm. basically it's like you can pay 180, and I think that there's a higher tier you can pay. I think it's like 240. I can't remember what the, what, what you get for that. I think maybe some of them you can, Samuel L. Jackson comes to your home. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember what the, uh, what the, what the tiers are. Anyway, I got the 180. So I'll just talk about the one I know. So that is like access to like their whole library of instructors and classes. And they've got an app so you can do it on your phone. You can do it on the desktop. So I've been doing most of this on my phone and some of these classes you can download to your device. And some of them are recommended to be visual, you know, mm, um, yeah. cause they're, they're, they're showing you stuff or there's, there's things to look at. Some of them are just people talking and other than like title cards between, you know, lectures, um, yeah. it's all audio. Like I told you on the way sure. to your house, I listened to Dr. Matthew Walker's masterclass and that's just, mm. that's just like four hours of him talking about sleep. There's yeah. nothing to see. Right. So I just, I had it downloaded to the phone. So I just drove and I listened to him talk about phenotypes and um, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I've really been enjoying masterclass. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where I, where I'm going, like, would I recommend it? I I would, if you mm-hmm. are interested, it's, <laughs> if you're a self-selecting pool of person who is curious about masterclass and you've got $180, mm-hmm. go get a year of masterclass. Yeah. Here's what it does to somebody like me. Um, I got it. I watched a couple. 
I put it down for like six months. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch it because yeah. I wanted to read or I wanted to watch a show or yeah. I wanted to write or I was doing other stuff. And then I was like, okay, I've got all this stuff at my disposal and I'm going to lose access to it as soon as my subscription is over. So then I had to organize my use of it. And as it does with me, it became kind of like an obligation. It was like, mm-hmm. I need to do the master class this week. Cause if not, I wasted my money. So that's what I don't right. like. They asked, you know, when I officially like said, Hey, I'm not going to renew the thing. They were like, what can we do? Like, what could we, what could we have done differently? And I just said, listen, this is great. Um, the only thing I do differently is month to month pricing. Mm. Cause I would love to like, just arbitrarily decide like, Hey, I'm going to pay for a month of masterclass. I understand that their business model might tank if they did do that because they can't lock you in. Right. But what masterclass essentially is, is a small streaming service for creatives Mm. and the programming is instructional. It's not entertainment. It's, it's not serialized storytelling. It is instructional. Yeah. So it's essentially a streaming service. That price point is on par with the annual subscription of a lot of streaming services like Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed the writing classes. Like I, Mm. I, today I finished the Walter Mosley one and that's excellent. The one of the best ones was Dan Brown, the the Da Vinci code author, like Dan Brown's, um, you know, novel class is great. And so what Mm. I've been doing this whole time is just taking notes. If, Mm -hmm. especially if you've gone through school, like we have, like some of the stuff they, they are going to say are stuff that we know, you know, Mm. How do you construct characters? What's the three act structure? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I got all that. Yeah. But then when these writers start talking about their writing habits, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I like to take notes on that. Here's some here's something I've never thought of, or here's a way it's, it's been explained that's a lot more interesting to me. And so mm-hmm. I've just got this, for me, it's, I've been using it as class. I've been I've been taking notes so I can hang on to some of this beyond when I'm paying for it. If yeah. there's time, I'm going to watch other stuff like the cooking class with Gordon Ramsay and just other things that I'm interested in, but not like, I don't need to see here, see a class on them. I don't know. Sure. But there's cool stuff. There's yeah. the filmmaking classes. But for me, it was mainly like, oh, there's like several, there's like six or eight, you know, classes on writing, different kinds of writing, screenwriting, uh, novels, fantasy novels, um, essays. The David Sedaris one is like, I, cause I write essays. So it's like, I've, I've you know that was cool to watch that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it, it got me stuck because at this point, all the time that I would be spending writing, I'm cramming in masterclass cause it's going to end in six weeks. Yeah. So that's yeah. the paradox for me. It's like, I'm, I've, I'm now paralyzed by the instruction and it's not going to be yeah. until the instruction is removed as an option to me Mm-hmm. to where I go, all right, put it into practice. I, I may as well go yeah. put it into practice. And I can tell yeah. even, uh, RL Stein, some, someone, someone was in the middle of one being like, no, it was David Sedaris. It was like, yeah. Um, you know, you might have all the information and the how to, but unless you go out there and do it, it doesn't mean much. And I was like writing down, I was like writing that sentence in a notebook and I was like, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't do anything. Right. I'm right, too busy right. watching. Anyway. Yep. I, I like masterclass, but you know, I used it for a year. And if you're going to use it, you know, make the most of it. 
But for someone like me, it's, it becomes a chore because you really don't want to, I really didn't want to feel like I had thrown away nearly $200 by the time I was finished with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever considered uh, looking at that thing? Uh, no, not really. I mean, (laughs) I, I feel like, um, for me, I, I'm interested in some of them. I don't know what all they have. I haven't really been interested enough to even look at like everything. The only thing that seemed interesting to me was Gordon Ramsay's cooking one. I know about that one mm-hmm. and Ringo Starr's drumming uh, one. Mm. And so those, I was like, oh, that's interesting just because like Ringo Starr, I, I like the idea of watching that personality do his thing. Like mm-hmm. that'd be cool. But I, I know for a fact I'm not going to put that into practice because I don't have a drum kit. I have no no interest in getting one. Right. Um, so it would just be watching it for the entertainment of it. Right. And then and then at, at that point, there's no I mean, if I if I'm watching entertainment, I might as well watch anything else so, that I already pay for. There were people when I was contemplating whether to get it, I was looking it up and people were like on Reddit and other things talking about you know, what was it like having masterclass? Like, how would you, you know, and you know, a lot of people were like, okay, obviously it's not like a substitute for an accredited, you know, course. Like yeah. it, there is a level of entertainment to this. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like what they're saying is not correct. It's just like a lot of it is explaining to you either have people who are talking in very nebulous terms about something you don't understand, mm. or they're talking in very nebulous terms about something you do understand, but now you're hearing them talk about it. So there's a yeah. weird, not emptiness to it, but the a lot of them, again, there's exceptions like Dan Brown and Walter Mosley, but like there are some of them where you're just like, okay, like I, I, I'm, I'm disengaged because I know this or I'm disengaged mm-hmm. because I don't know anything about this field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one way yeah. or another, I'm disengaged a little bit and, yep. and it is just a big time commitment. And, um, yeah. Um, but they did uh, what they started to do somewhere midway through my uh, time with them. They started making more like they don't just have, Oh, new course. They have like other original programming. Now they mm-hmm. have like things like they have, I can't remember what it's called, but it might've been called the originals. I don't know. But for instance, like there's some series they started doing and episode one was like 25 minutes of Neil Gaiman talking about J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that the other day. I was like, that's cool. You know, just yeah. to, listen to someone like him talk about what Tolkien meant to him. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, where else would you find that? It's like, he's not just going to go right. on his YouTube channel and talk about Tolkien. He, right. he he's not going to go, there's no, he's not gonna go on a podcast and talk about Tolkien. So it's like, right. That is the content that you would do for masterclass. So sure. I hope, and I wonder we, again, for, for, for years, Netflix was like, we're not going to do ads. We're not going to do ads. And then one day when their bottom line was threatened, they said, we've got to do ads. So maybe yeah. masterclass is going to go, yeah, annual pricing only. And one day they'll go, guys, we have to do month to month pricing. <laughs> right. We right. have to do month to month pricing. We got to see if it impacts subscribers at all. And then you mm-hmm. get, you'll get people like me who will go, yeah, like I'll peek in every couple, uh, you know, for like yeah. one or two months every year just to see what the new stuff you've got is, but I don't need to subscribe yeah. to a year of this service. Right. You know, I don't want to do yeah. that. Like it is, it is right. a time commitment. You can't just say, Oh, I'm going to watch five minutes of Natalie Portman talking about acting. You're going to want to watch the whole thing. Yeah. But then you have to like make a weekend of it. 
Right. And you can't exactly watch that with your friends and have popcorn. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it depends on on your level of like what what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Like I'm sure there are probably there probably are people that watch these for strictly entertainment purposes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does feel like at least the intention of these things would be educational first, mm-hmm. um, educate er, like entertainment second. Um, it's a mixture and, of, yeah. of educational, and then there's a lot of a lot of what's the draw for me, which is professionals talking about the craft. Yeah, sure. You know, there's a, Samuel L. Jackson is talking to you about acting, but he's part of it is. Let me tell you, you know, my story. And then part of it is let's talk about character, you know, creating backstory for your character. And then let's do a couple where we've got other actors here and I'm going to have them play a scene, the same scene. And we're going to do it nine different times and we're going to swap roles. We're going to say, hey, why don't you pretend like you're a woman now? You know what I mean? Like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so then you watch the the diner scene from Pulp Fiction nine times and you're like, oh my God. Okay. But there's little gems in there when you're like, Oh, that was, that was brilliant. So I don't, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's, I feel yeah. like their audience is very niche. You know, it's people like us. It's people who probably people who listen to this podcast, like it's, it's, you know, we like, we like the craft and we want to yeah. see it on display. And of course the, the, the technical quality of the master classes are, are amazing. The cameras yeah. that they're shot on the sets they've built, like just the sound it's, it's all very, very crisp and nice and just wow, yeah. like, so so yeah. well crafted in itself. Um, I just think that they're going to have to diversify how they make the product available. But I do like Masterclass. I think it's yeah. a good thing that, you know, cool. yeah. So that's Masterclass. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Boy, if I had them paid for that, that's like a $10,000 yeah. ad read. <laughs> just, yeah, it is. And talked for like 10 minutes. Right. Um, Except if if you had asked during an ad read, have you ever thought about getting that? I'd say, oh yeah, all the time. Oh yeah. In fact, yeah. I'm of getting course. it now. Yeah, I'm doing I'm it right now. On now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've convinced me. <laughs> I'll just use that old Hoopercast promo code. Or, or even better, have you ever thought about getting this? Me? Oh, I was an early adopter. I've been in it for yeah. years. I'm on the board. <laughs> <laughs> see like and, and of course what happened I have with a tattoo. <laughs> I um you got that M on like your, on like your the chest on, yeah <laughs> so like I signed up for them and like the day after that I was listening to some podcast and it was like masterclass and you know it's like enter the code and I was like son of a fucking bitch yeah <laughs> just yep of course the day after there's some coupon that's how it always goes become aware yep. of and then yep. so that's just 12 months now I'm at full price for me right exactly um a lot of this is as a catch-up episode is mm-hmm. like hey what have you been doing with your free time yeah um and usually that is we've been watching movies yeah or tv and and while that is true like i've started that 90s show and you know, a few yeah. episodes into that and um and i've started a I, I told you about this i started sort of re-watching on and off again boy meets world yeah um because i've been listening to their podcast pod meets world um so um yeah i mean th- i've been doing a little bit of that um and then um when when i can have a second to kind of decompress and do stuff i usually just sit back and play games 
Um, and I'm not even like watching anything because like when I watch something, I, I guess maybe this is the opposite for some people and they would think that video games are more like require more of you than mm -hmm. a movie does. And for me, I always watch a movie with the intent to learn something. Mm. Um, so for me, watching a movie is more like I, I, I engage my brain more watching something than I do playing something. Yeah. Um, because even though I love games and think that that's a valid, uh, incredible art form, I, I don't, I have no interest in doing it or learning how to do it. And I don't know, anything about how the sausage is made. So for me, like I can just sit back and, you know, take that in. Whereas a movie, I'm always trying to like, Oh, what can I learn from this? Even a bad movie. So, but, so I've been playing games, you know, I mean, I know you and I've played uh, a couple of times or once on smash brothers and, yeah. um, and doing that kind of stuff. I was playing I, um, it at, at my desk before you, before you called. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I had the 15 minutes and I was like, Gonna, I know what oh, I'm going to do. I literally sat down. Here's an ad for Nintendo. I literally sat down. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I could bring the switch over to my desk. And I was like, oh my God, I can. Oh, I can. <laughs> it was like a commercial. I was like, no, yep. I can. No, I can. I'm Jessica Alba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen those Jessica Alba switch ads? <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't know I, what you were talking about. I, so. I wondered because you made no you made no reaction to it. I was just it. like, I was I was like let that one go. I'm not sure what's up yeah, with Dustin why, today. Why did he say he's Jessica Alba? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and then uh, yeah, so I finished. Um, I texted. I texted the our our group thread about it. Uh, I finished the game Sonic Frontiers, um, which yeah. is the first Sonic game I've played in shoot a long time. And, and I'm like, I'm a huge Sonic fan, but I've always been more of a fan of Sonic as a character mm -hmm. than as a video game, even though I, I do love the classic video games. Right. I, I've always, what I've always been drawn to is like Sonic in animation or, you know, in film. film. Um, and like just as a character, because I feel like as opposed to Mario, Link, Samus, whatever, like Sonic has a true character and character growth and character arcs. And uh, that to me makes him, uh, you know, somewhat unique in the landscape of video games. Um, but uh, so I've, I've always, I've always loved Sonic, but I have not played a Sonic video game in a long time. And for whatever reason, this one was marketed in such a way that it's like, Hey, this is like a brand new thing. It's, you know, open world and you can run anywhere as Sonic and do anything as Sonic. And I was like, Oh, cool. And so I've, I bought it, um, I guess on release day, but I didn't play it on release day. I, I think I waited a couple of days. And anyway, um, so I've been playing it. I finally beat it. It took an eternity because I just didn't play it, you know, as consistently as, uh, whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think, um, it's so weird because, um, I could sit here and like critique the video game parts of it, right? Like gameplay, uh, uh, the, 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 the missions, you know, that kind of thing, uh, the graphics, whatever. And while I think I, I could talk a little bit about all of that, the thing that interests me most is the story. Um, and that's just the case with all of these things is I like the story and, uh, this story I didn't care for. Um, it, I think it kind of like weirdly retconned a lot, which was strange. It was almost like a like a soft reboot in a way, and it was just very weird um, 
story wise. And I just didn't, I never really connected to it. So like playing through it, like at the end, there's, you know, like the culmination of the story and the climax and everything. I just couldn't have cared less. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so that sucked, but, um, but I mean, I think overall it's a fine game. Um, I just wish the story had been more captivating. And, and again, that's what I always come into these games for is the story. Um, and you know, it just, uh, it was a little bit disappointing this time around. So anyway, uh, that, that's kind of what I've been spending my time on. Cause I knew like, I just need to finish this and power through and get it done. And so I did, and it's there and you know, whatever, um, this is not a video game channel, so I'm not going to bother recommending it or not, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that, that's one of the things I've been doing. Would you recommend it to my six-year-old son? Because I think no. I, okay. And I'll tell you why. I think it's too complicated for a six-year-old. Okay. Um, the Sonic games that I grew up on are not complicated because right. it's hold right and press A to jump. Yeah. Um, this, this game, you know, it's three dimensions, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and six year olds can handle that, but there's a ton of different mechanics in this. So, um, it's not just jump. There's like double jump and ground pound type stuff. And then, uh, what they call the psi loop, which is a new skill Sonic has learned. And, uh, then there's a combat system and there's, you know, grinding and, uh, and boosting and all kinds of like different mechanics. So like every button on the controller is used for a unique mechanic of Sonic's, you know, uh, uh, area traversal essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's too complicated for a six year old. Um, I, I think like a 10, 12 year old, sure. Um, but I think a six year old would, would struggle to perform the, the missions that even on easy mode that are being asked of, of them because, uh, it would be like, Hey, chain this combo together with this, you know, action button and, you know, press it at the right time to get the whatever. And I just think that that's a little bit too much. Um, it, I think that's one of the, one of the things that works for me is the amount of variation in Sonic's moveset. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a detriment for younger players. <sighs> I, we only have three games on, on that mm-hmm. switch. We, we have, we yeah. have, uh, super smash brothers. We have animal crossing, uh, mm. which my kids do like, um, I, don't, I guess the, I don't know what the appeal of animal crossing is. You just do minor things and it's somehow it's relaxing. Um, yeah. And then there's yes. Mario Kart eight, uh, which is fun very fun always fun yes. yeah animal crossing came out at the best time possible it was released in march of 2020 oh really um, i didn't realize it was that yeah. new yeah so it, it it came out right as the pandemic happened and everybody got stopped in their tracks and yeah. stayed at home yeah and the downloads for that game was just like off the charts because wow. everybody was sitting at home with nothing to do so everybody just went on amazon and bought a switch and then bought the game and like evidently it sold like gangbusters because it was just like the perfect time for that game to come out. Wow. Um, my wife got it and yeah, she, she loves it. I mean, yeah, my wife has been playing it in a a while, but, but she loves it. And you know, it's almost like to me, I've never played it. Um, I know Kellen loves it too, but like, I know to me, it seems like, 
you remember when we were in the 90s and everyone had Tamagotchis? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, here's a little thing. Yeah, that you can take keep care it alive. of. Right. It's a little bit like that. Not really, but it's like, hey, here's an island. It's like having a pet rock. To, <laughs> here's an island. You need to chop down trees and perform tasks to make yeah. your neighbors happy and, you know, do different things. And look, you can craft a workbench out of this, you know, uh, uh, this lumber you've harvested. Um, but, you know, you could also make a, a chair for your living room. It's so norm you know? core. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's among those things like Second Life mm. where you just like... Yeah. Yeah, I just want a, I just want a slightly more ideal existence in a virtual world. You know, I right. I want to live in this cabin and I want to do menial tasks, menial upkeep. Yes, I want to have a garden. <laughs> I don't want to worry about my job. Fish. I just, I think most yeah. people, if left to their own devices, it's like I don't mind maintaining my house. I just hate that I have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I could, I could. There's, which is that's a whole conversation in itself. Like the, the idea that you know, most people recognize that they could find meaning in their everyday life if they were just allowed to use those eight or nine hours for like just making the, their immediate environment a little bit better. Like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I could make my yard look great in like a month if I didn't have a yep. job. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, pretty much. And that's animal crossing. And, <laughs> and I think that's the appeal of animal crossing is yeah. that. And, and again, like in 2020, everybody wanted to, be able to go to your neighbor's house and swap fish with them, you know? And so you're like, I'll go do this. I don't know what you do in animal crossing, but, but I do know, like, I, I do know that it, it, it always made like when I watched her play it, it was like, Oh, I can, I can totally see the appeal of this. It's, yeah. it's low stakes. Uh, yeah. Fun. You it's, know, whatever. There's nothing stressful and, about it not a thing and the music's really good and like relaxing it's not in a hurry it's not like yeah it's just like hey you you got you've got all the time in the world yep and all the all the little creatures talk like (laughs) i'm sitting here like trying to work and i I just hear like and I have young kids, so I'm just like the first couple of times I was like, "Who is that?" Like I, <laughs> I thought they were just messing with each other. Yeah, yeah. No, they're playing Animal Crossing, and it's it's so weird. There's a there's a character on there named KK Slider, and Sarah loves him. He's like this little dog, and he plays the guitar and goes to like coffee shops, I guess, and like plays guitar. And uh, all the residents of your village get really excited when he comes around or whatever, and and they like legit like give him songs. And it's like, you can see him play. She showed me, you like see him playing the guitar or whatever. And he's just singing, but it's still that same voice. So it's like. Whatever. And it's like, okay. And he just watched like a three minute music video of this dog going. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, but Animal Crossing seems cool, but I've never played it. I've I've just been watching the three of them play it to varying extents and uh yeah. It's it's definitely low key, very chill. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's something else that's very chill and low key. What's that? So, uh in, in my um in my penchant for watching documentaries about um female musicians, um mm. I watched that uh 
folklore uh, Disney Plus documentary, the Taylor Swift one. The mm-hmm. it's called Folklore: The Long Pond Studio Sessions. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, cool. There's not much to. I'm gonna talk about it for like a little bit, but like it's not like we would ever like review this. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a documentary. It's they're calling it a documentary concert film because that's technically what it is. It's she's performing all 17 tracks of the album Folklore, which came out in 2020. Mm. I forgot that um, I'd also watched the Netflix documentary Miss Americana. That was 2020 also, but that was like that was like three years. That was like Jan 31st. Let me see when did that mm. come out. I think it was January 2031st. Yeah, so about three years ago. Mm. Um, and that was about, that was a tour and everything. And so this is very different because this is during the pandemic. And um, so, and I believe during the pandemic, like she had dropped Folklore and another, I think she released like two albums, two or three albums. Like she, I know she just dropped one. Let me get the, let me get my facts straight. Uh, she, where are her, her albums? Where's her discography here? That's such a big Wikipedia um let's see yeah we got folklore and evermore both came out in 2020 and then uh, whatever like a month ago she released this album midnights yeah in october mm. and then i mean before that i mean uh, she, she's she's very prolific as as an artist but like that's four albums in three years um yeah and two and and part of it was pandemic just you can when while you're when you're not touring and you're an art and you're an artistic person for her, it was like, all right, well, now I can go ahead and just work on all this music. And when you have a studio in your home or you have a studio down the street or you have studio, like you just, anyways. So Folklore was the album that this was. And Long Pond Studio is a recording studio in a kind of a wooded area in New York in Hudson Valley. Um wherever that is. I think that's upstate, you know, the wooded part of New York. Yeah. Anyway. So in the documentary, it's her, it's this other musician, Jack Antonoff and Aaron Dessner. Um, Justin Vernon is on one song. He's the singer from Bonnie Vare. Um, so he performs on a track, but he does it from Wisconsin. Mm. Um, and it's just the four of them. So like most of the time she's, when she's performing the songs, it's her and then Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff are like the main people. And the appeal of, of this documentary, obviously other than if you like Taylor Swift's music, it's certainly as I do, it certainly adds appeal to the documentary because you get to listen to her songs. I like watching people perform songs and mm. not even live. I don't even like watching, particularly enjoy watching YouTube clips of people's concerts because it's obviously sometimes, it, most of the time it's low quality because it's from someone's phone or yeah. um, or it's from, it's, it's a, through official channels, but it's still like, I don't like the, I don't quite like the performative aspect of concerts. Yeah. Um, I prefer this where it's not the album, mm. it's not been overproduced, but it's still very, um, it's very, uh, um, it's one take it's, mm. we're going to sing a song. We're in like a stripped down setting. We've got, we've got, you know, good sound. We've got good instruments. Um, but we're not singing and dancing and we're not like, we're, we're, we're not changing the performance to suit a live concert. We're still essentially mm. recording an album. We're just being a little yeah. bit less meh about it. 
Anyway. Sure. And before each song, she and the two of them talk about the creative motivation. Like, what was this song about? Here's why we wrote this song. And they just discuss it. So the appeal of it, of course, for people like us is you're watching artists. Same with Masterclass. You're listening to artists talk about the creative process. Mm. And then in her case, it's like, all right. And then, you know, it fades and it fades up and then they perform the song. And so you've got cameras on Dolly tracks and you've got cameras at the guys and just it's, you know, so that's, that's a treat. I mean, if she did one of these for every single one of her albums, I'd watch every single one because I just, the music's good. Um, The shop talk is good. Again, the craft of filming it is well Mm -hmm. done. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 can, the camera, the use of the cameras and the multiple cameras and the, um, uh, you know, just the staging of, of, of the cameras and all that is, is really well done. And of course yeah. the studio is just very, very Taylor Swift, very like wooden and, you know, um, she's wearing like this flannel shirt. So it just feels all woodsy. Um, yeah. you know, so it was, it was, you know, it was cool. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I I've totally missed the boat on Taylor Swift. Uh, by the way, I, mm-hmm. I know, I know the song shake it off because everyone knows that song. <laughs> and that is literally the only Taylor Swift song I can name. Yeah. I, I, I cannot name another one. I haven't listened to like the recent albums or anything. Like I only know folklore because I, I've, I've apparently listened to the entire album via this film. Mm. Um, so like, it's hard to, I wouldn't say like, I, I, are you a fan of Taylor Swift? No. Like I, I, no, not per se. I've heard her. Yeah, yeah. But I know who she is. I mm-hmm. like her. I like the way she does what she does. Mm-hmm. I, 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 res- I have a ton of respect for what she has done for the industry as an artist, especially again, going back with those business wars, you know, about, you know, everything that happened with her master recordings, everything she's tried yeah. to do as an artist for other artists, everything she's done litigiously with Spotify, like all that stuff. It's like, she's she's an artist's artist but she's not like like she's a normal person and talks like a normal person and acts like a normal person and you know is there a very excited there's a reason that she's as popular as she is she's just very very approachable and very um tangible Mm. but obviously extremely talented and otherworldly and i understand why she's divisive to people because she isn't interested as as she ages in uh pleasing everybody which mm. i have a lot of respect for and artists should never try to do that because yeah all you're going to do is make art by committee at a certain extent you know and right and water yeah. down your product and for her it's just yep. like eh, you know you don't have to do yep. that like you're a millionaire you've got all this stuff going on and the yep. your appeal is that you do your own thing and you still yep. have a shitload of people who love it and will pay for yep. it enough yep. to crash ticket master. So, yep. um, so kudos to Taylor Swift. Um, I, I guess that does make me a fan, but like not as in, Oh, I know all the songs and I, right. I, I I've, I'm buying tickets to a thing. Like, no, I just, I like what she's doing and she should keep doing it. You know? Yeah. There you go. I was thinking about this recently. I think I reviewed it on the show, but it reminded me um, the the film May It Last, which is sort of the same thing. It's the portrait of the Avett brothers uh, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. creating an album. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not like that in that you don't hear the entire album, but it is it's very much like 
the process of recording an album, what is that like for mm-hmm. them? And uh, so, yeah, I totally recommend, I, I love stuff like that. And I do recommend May It Last. I think it's great. Uh, co-directed by Judd Apatow. Ah, that's right. Yep. Folklore was one of those, Folklore and Taylor Swift as a person have have been instrumental in ushering in a current trend known as um, cottage core. Mm. which is just people's, I guess, newfound fascination with like all this tangible, crafty, uh, wooded things. Yeah. Yeah. Flannel has come back. Um, you know, shit that's made out of wood (laughs) is coming back. Um, you know, yeah. Okie dokie. Some of us always loved those things. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm from Alabama. I've been wearing flannel. (laughs) Yeah. I know about the flannel and I know about wood. And trust me, like I don't, I don't like traditionally Southern things mostly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But uh, do we want to talk at all about the Oscar nominations? I haven't even looked at them. I just got an email about them. Um, I I mean, they are, uh, they are a little interesting. I don't want to like read them off or anything, but something that this, this uh, morning brew email I get, which I'll go ahead and say, I recommend that. I love morning brew. Um, mm-hmm. condensed news, nonpartisan, funny. Um, here's a bunch of things that range a bunch of different, you know, topics and, yeah. um, the writer, the writing is just very good. Like as a writer, I appreciate it. Like the jokes are funny. Um, but it's not like trivializing and it's not like, again, it's not partisan. It's just like, if I were a much better and much more prolific writer, this is how I would like to cover current events. Yeah. Um, so if I weren't forced to be exposed to local and national news to the extent that I have to be because of my work, I, morning brew would be the only way I would get my news and I would be just fine with that. Yep. You know what's going on. Doesn't piss you off anyways. Yep. So that's how I found out about the Oscar. Cause I knew they had dropped, but I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch them. And I don't, you know, ever, like we've said on the show for over a decade, like who cares, you know, but this one, yeah. did say like what is different about this year is that so a lot of nominations for everything everywhere all at once uh apparently yep. a lot of nominations for the banshees of inishirin which we're going to talk about next week and yep. this all quiet on the western front um yeah but it says what's different this year it says the high the, this is from the morning brew the highbrow nonprofit behind the oscars the academy of motion picture arts and sciences seems to have looked beyond heady art house darlings toward box office bangers. The two top grossing films of 2022 globally, which is Avatar The Way of Water, which we talked about last week, and Top Mm -hmm. Gun Maverick, which we talked about back in the summer, um, are in the running for the best picture title. Notably, both of them are sequels. Um, Apparently, a lot of the best actor contenders are first-time nominees. Um, And so then, of course, they, they zoom out and they say, you know, just to give the full context, the Oscars have been shedding viewers over the years, which threatens the Academy's future broadcast licensing fees that make up much of its revenue. This slate of nominees from a wider range of movies might convince audiences that red carpet pageantry and expert film opinions still make for an entertaining Sunday evening. And it kind of made me think like we always talk about that every year, you know, they're hemorrhaging viewers and, um, someone mentioned like, you know, I hear more about the Oscars every year though. And it kind of dawned on me. It's like, that's because less people are watching them on television, but but the online, the clips, the social media buzz about them has become more engaging. That doesn't yeah. help them make money. It does keep 
you know, it is still, no matter how much it sucks and is dumb, it's going to be something that people are aware of Yeah, just because it's kind of unavoidable. Um, I do think that it makes sense based on what we and others have said over the years that they are picking stuff with more broad appeal. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because it proves a point. It's like, I'm glad that Top Gun is getting a best picture nomination because it was just universally like one of the most well-liked films of the year. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that they never would have done that in years past means like, oh, they're not doing it because it's good. They're doing it so that people will watch because they've seen, oh, statistically, most Americans have seen Top Gun Maverick. So most yeah. Americans will watch the show to see if it gets, to see if it wins best picture. Right. And it's just like, cynically, I'm just like, oh, great. Like, yeah. Not like this. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do think that there's at least some element that where that rings true. Like, you know, it just makes sense. Hey, these movies had a lot of eyes on them. So if we incorporate them, then we will have eyes on us. Right. Um, makes sense. But um, but yeah, it does. It, to me, it just like whether whether that's the reason or not what what does what does winning best picture do for top gun maverick at this point why do they need it <laughs> they don't need it it, right. it it you know so it doesn't really matter and and truth be told i don't think winning an award does anything for anybody except maybe the actors yeah because now when you market them you can say academy award nominee Brendan fraser I wonder too, if you're an actor, if like, as, as soon as you win, your agency can like just add some percentages to your rate. They can go, Oh, the, uh, Os- I, you know, the Oscar nominated Benicio del Toro or whatever. Like, I, I, I'm absolutely sure that there's some must. of that, like, like, Oh, okay. You want Brendan Fraser? Well, here's the cost now. But then and, again, it's yeah, like, that makes sense. There's so many awards. It's like, well, the odds are if you're looking at an actor whose name you recognize, they're either BAFTA nominated or Academy nominated, Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild. It's like there's all these yeah. things. So it's like it when everyone's super, no one's super. Right. Yeah, this is true. But I think but the Oscars still have some clout where, you know, it's it just is. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not interested. I'll say this for myself, the fact that they included Top Gun Maverick doesn't make me want to watch the show. Right. Um, I I would be happy if they won. I would also not care if they didn't win. Um, so I it doesn't it literally does not matter to me. Um, but I'm I'm glad to at least see that a movie that I felt was a five star film was nominated because right. certainly that's a better film than a lot of other films this year. And some of the ones that were nominated. I mean, like and yeah, for, and even some of the for, ones that are nominated. For me, like I told this other, but this person who was making the comment about the social media exposure, I said, you know, it almost doesn't matter who wins. That's the thing. Like, like it doesn't really matter who wins because the phrase, like, it's just an honor to be nominated. That's like a kiss ass kind of phrase, but it also is true to be nominated for an Oscar. That to me, that's the prize because that's the recognition it's kind of like making the Olympic team. It's like what comes down to you winning this race or not, you know, tenths of a second. Yeah. When you really break it down and go like, Oh my God, what I do wrong? I can't believe I got, I got, I got, you know, I lost, I, I, I'm, you know, I didn't win. Someone else beat me by a hundredth of a second. It's like, 
that's just what happened during this cycle of, you know, the metaphor would be yeah. voting. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean you're not an amazing actor. It means yeah. you lost a vote to another amazing actor, but you also got nominated yeah. to be a part of five amazing actors who were up for this award. And it right. really, I mean, if they thought you're, your performance was good enough to be eligible to win an Oscar. Yeah. That that's like the closest second place in the history of second place. Yeah. Like winning doesn't really mean shit when you right. think of it that way. Yeah. So it's yeah. true. But what, what it does, I think like for me, the cynical part of it is okay. Elvis was nominated for some awards. Um, well, that's great. And then immediately they announced it's coming back to theaters. Like to me, it's, it's the studios looking at it and like, it's almost like some big marketing ploy, like the yeah. whole Oscars just becomes marketing yeah. and, and That's the idea it's, a, it's an honor to be nominated. Yeah, it, it is, but you gotta, <laughs> you gotta believe that all of these studios that's all they want anyway, right. because now they feel like they can make more money. And so yeah. all they have to do now is say Oscar nominated film uh, bat returns to theaters for three nights only boom money we made money yeah. you know and like that and and it, it wouldn't be a stretch now i'm not a conspiracy theorist but it wouldn't be a stretch to assume that the whole thing is manufactured we'd love to have elvis make a little bit more money exactly there's a little bit of you know I'm warner totally brothers slipping a little bit that. of money totally on board with that if warner that brothers slips a little bit of money to the academy the academy says great we'll nominate austin butler for elvis not saying he's not great i haven't right. seen it but what i'm saying is <laughs> it's it's very convenient yeah i'm not like you know i don't know about hunter biden's laptop or anything but i will i 100 i 100 <laughs> believe i it would 100 not surprise me it's so weird to say like I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but here's a conspiracy theory I buy into. So I, yeah. I always like to say it would with little not, to no evidence. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. Yeah, if it were somehow figured out that the Oscars have always been a sham, and it's just a it's just a a, a, um, a boardroom of of white guys going like, all right, what will be the best thing for the industry this year? Well, the best yeah. thing for the industry would be for this film to win, or for this person to win, or for yeah. this person to lose. Or yep. th whatever, like they just go, we, it's, it's like, um, it's, it's almost like the Truman show. It's just like, what's the best story. And like, yeah, right. they just orchestrate this big thing. Of course the actors aren't in on it. They kind of know about it, but Hey, here, have some more champagne. Shut up. And right, right, like, right, right. <laughs> every time an actor got up there and was like, you know, this whole thing's fake, right? They just cut to commercial and they, they yeah. bleep them. They pretend like, you know, what if Robert De Niro wasn't saying, you know, um, F Donald Trump that year. What if he was really saying it's all fake, it's fake. <laughs> and they just bleeped him like, Oh, he said something yeah. about Trump. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy <Yeah>. old man. <laughs> and then they got Frank Caliendo to loop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my thing is, yeah. What if, what if it's just it be because, and I always say this to when I, when people go, Oh, well, that's kind of, for me, it's like, it, it wouldn't surprise me because there's a clear benefit to, yeah. to, to, if that were true, there's so many people who benefit like, yeah. we, look, the studios, we can all just take turns benefiting. No one's yes. going to put the pattern together that Paramount won big one year. And then like Disney won big one year and yep. then like new line cinema, like it, you know what I mean? Yep. So yep. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. So yep. yeah, I'm not going to watch. Um, and it doesn't really matter, but it's, it's good. It's good yeah. that there's recognition. 
but I, I definitely am on an intellectual high horse with the Oscars. I definitely sit back and judge people who care about them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yep. I feel superior to them because I don't. Yes. And, yep. um, and I, and I, a thousand percent recognize that I'm a dick for doing that, but <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie and say I don't because I, I do, I do. And yeah, it makes me yeah. feel good. <laughs> there I said, I, I, I will say the only thing I do care about is I, I really do want Brendan Fraser to, 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 yeah. I, I, let me just say this. I'm glad he's getting the recognition that he's he has gonna long deserved. He's going to win. You know I, why? Because it's I, the best story, Dustin. It's the best story. It, well, it's the he same deserves with, it, with, but it's the best story. Same with Kehi Kwan. Yeah. It, it makes it makes the most sense for him yep. to win. Why? Because it it just makes for a good because story. The, the Oscar writers said so. Right. If it's between him and Barry Kogan, Keegan, whatever, uh, you know. Did, did he going to win? Did he get nominated yep. for Banshees? He did. Oh. He did. Well, yeah. he, he was great in it. He was. He, was. Great. he genuinely was great. Yeah. And so is Brendan Gleeson. They're they're up against one another in that same category. Huh. Um, for supporting. I, I, yep. yep. Is Colin Farrell the lead? Yep. Yep. Huh. So he's he's nominated for lead, and Carrie Condon's huh. nominated for lead actress or supporting actress rather. Um, hey. So it's so, it's just so subjective. Like there's a reason it makes good TV because someone at home is going, what the fuck? No way. You know, like someone at home is going, what's a banshee of insurance? Exactly. Some, some, some guy probably wearing flannel, like everything everywhere. Everything can't be everywhere all at once. Can it? (laughs) Someone sitting at home going, I don't understand. Why ain't they speaking good English? They're all talking in these accents and stuff. Kiwi Kwan. These these banshees of Inishurin, I can't understand nothing they're saying. I thought Colin Farrell was an American. I like when they go to the, the, the bar, though. That's a nice part. Although the beer they're drinking clearly ain't light beer, so, you know. <laughs> Points Too off dark for that. For my taste. Too dark. I don't like anything. <laughs> we can take shots at the South. Um, I think it's yeah. fair. The last thing I wanted to talk about tonight before we wrap it up, um, I did say I would talk about Earwolf. Yeah. Um, and this is as I researched it, a much bigger uh um uh thread than I intend to uh um dive to into. Pull. To mm-hmm. pull, yeah, there you go. Um you pull threads, right? You don't. Uh, sure. You don't dive into them. That's impossible. You don't dive into threads. That'd Unless be you're weird. Santa Claus, you can. Unless ugh. you have a swimming swimming pool full of fabric. Oh, dude, we did finish the Santa Claus miniseries, though. I forgot to mention that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. That was, that was good. I mean, I. Okay. I, cool. I liked it. If you love the Santa Claus movies, you love Tim Allen. It's actually, you know what? Okay, damn it. Listen, I'm gonna recommend it. Um, okay. And he, here's why. Um, it's full of in jokes. Uh, they're talking mm. about what you know. Uh, there's just, you know, there's like a couple of jokes that are clearly like that are blatant references to Lost when it comes to. Um, mm. um, oh, yeah, what's, what's her, her face? Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, it's going to kill me. I can't remember her name. Anyways, um, Tim Allen talks about some kid having a Buzz Lightyear, you know, PJ set. And it's like, oh, OK, mm. you're Tim Allen, you know, but it's it's one right. of those. It's clearly done with a lot of love um, for. Elizabeth it's, Mitchell. Yes. Uh, who, I know we're not supposed to, say, supposed to say things like this, but Elizabeth Mitchell 
still is a knockout. That woman is gorgeous. D- does Tim Allen appear without his Santa yes. makeup? Yeah. Like just as modern at, day Tim Allen? At, at the midpoint, they, they, um, of the series, the midpoint of the series, they like officially like retire. Ah, okay. And so they get like unmagicked and sent back to Chicago to try to live. And they're trying to Got come it. up with like a, a cover story. It's like, maybe we were lost on an island or something. And she's like, no, we're not going to do lost on an island. It doesn't really, there's too many questions. Trust me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> lost. Hey, I get um, it. Right. So like, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun little show to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I liked okay. it a lot. And the, the girl from, um, Flora and Ulysses, I forgot her name. Um, do you remember that actress? Um, yeah, I, I remember her. I don't know. She's like, yeah. she's like the elf chief of staff basically. And mm. she is great on this okay. show. She is great. Cool. Her acting cool. is great. Her character is great. Uh, every every time she showed up, I'm like, oh, thank, oh, this is great. I wonder what she's gonna do. Yeah. And every time I I either laugh or it's just a really good performance. Yeah. I I love it. She's great. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fully recommend the Santa Clauses. Um, okay, did uh, not expect that tonight, but cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I guess a cumulative three hours of programming, and so if you. I mean, we're well past Christmas now, but, but if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you like the the franchise, of course, yeah. and like we do, it's like, it's definitely worth yeah. watching. It's not one of those yeah. where you go, geez, what a, what a train wreck. It's like, no, yeah. this is, this is fun. So yeah. All right. I, I think, I think the first Santa Claus movie is good. The yeah. second one is like a guilty pleasure. It's not, yeah. it isn't good. It's probably not actually a good. I, I haven't seen it. In a I've long only time, seen pieces of the second, third film. The, um, the, the third, the third film I saw I don't remember anything about it other than like that Martin Short likes to Martin, Martin. make fun of himself about it. <laughs> He's just yeah. what can you say? It's just Martin Short being kind of nuts, you know? Just being Martin yeah. Short. And uh so okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm interested in 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 this. I just I just didn't have time to watch it this year. But Christmas doesn't really matter because I think I'm gonna watch Violent Night next because it's on Peacock. Oh, okay. Who was was it you who no, this was my wife. My wife was, um, we saw a trailer for it on Hulu mm. or something. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want to see it. Like she, you know, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't normally like, you know, but she said, she was like, I don't, I feel like that's completely against what Christmas should be. Like, I don't want yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. like yeah. a violent action movie where Santa Claus is kills people yeah she's like i and right she took her it was, it was a weird like it was a weird uh hill to die on for her but i, I it mm. totally made sense i was like i get it like you don't want to yeah witness santa killing people or, or you yeah, know, yeah. not being the jolly old elf yeah um but uh <laughs> it, was, it was just weird to see like that particular thing come out like normally she sure. just ignore like you know she has no opinion yeah clack 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 but yeah. for some reason it was like uh-uh I don't want to yeah. see that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. To each their own. All right. So Earwolf. Uh, so I was listening to the uh, Office Ladies podcast today and uh, it's January 25th. And so the, the episode that popped out today, they they were doing a review of the Office episode Garage Sale, um, which is in the seventh season. And um, one of them was like, kind of feel like we're sitting in the middle of a garage sale right now. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And so they were like, yeah. So like, this is the last day that we're recording this on the last day that, that Earwolf is in this studio. 
And so there's boxes everywhere. They've stripped out a lot of the furniture and whatnot. And everything's just super bare. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if they're moving studios. Some weird inside baseball. And I was like, I wonder if they're moving studios. And then Angela Kinsey was like, yep, we don't know where we're recording next week. It might just be at one of our houses. Uh, not sure, but uh, kind of bitter, kind of sad. And, and, and Jenna Fisher said, yep, sad, mad. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And so like I went home and like Googled it yeah. or whatever. And and I basically found out that like Stitch um uh, uh Earwolf's offices, I guess, in Los Angeles are are shutting down. And it led me to this big thread, this article I have on the verge. I'll try to put it in the show notes if I remember to. Um and about this is from March, 2022. So this is almost a year ago. Mm. This was written. So this is before this incident happened, but yeah, it's essentially talking about, um, how Earwolf began in like 2010 as like this, like place for great comedians to just make fun shows. Yeah. And then they merged with one company and then that company got bought by Stitcher. And then, you know, and then at some point Sirius XM came in and bought all three of these properties. And so they came under, they came into ownership of Stitcher and of Earwolf and, and just how bad it got through the years, um, how it turned a really great, unique podcast network into just, you know, another casualty of corporate consolidation. Yeah. And, um, what I've read about this particular office closing was like pandemic related, like, Mm. you know, uh, consolidation. Mm. But what I found in this article was just a big long story about just how Sirius's uh, staff didn't seem to understand the difference between podcast and radio. Like this, this thing here, (laughs) Um, this person said, um, I was shocked by how uncurious people were, people were there about how we had succeeded in podcasting or how we did what we did. Um, Various employees said they had to educate the Sirius XM team on what made a good podcast. The Sirius XM team mainly suggested adopting various Sirius XM shows. And one employee says they had to explain that an RSS feed being live didn't mean that there was anything playing in it right now. Like they don't understand the difference between radio and podcasts. Um, they did a bunch of stuff like making, um, pre-approval of an ad read part of the process of having ad Mm. run, which is not usually something that happens in podcasting. Normally you just pre-approve the copy and then the way they choose to read it is like how they choose to read it. And it it just all this stuff and essentially just a classic case of just the culture cultures clashing. This says, uh, Multiple people pointed to a survey Sirius XM's HR team asked them to complete about how things were going in the town hall held in response. But employees had raised concerns about diversity within the company, but were told in response that they couldn't have diversity issues because the company has employed a female CEO. Um, uh, let's see. The company also routinely hated on its competition rather than reflecting on why those products were working. Spotify is the devil to Sirius XM, says one former employee. The enemy offered a rallying point for the team, which another former employee called a boomer business mentality, like a toxic business mindset. And then Sirius denied that. They're like, of course not. That doesn't represent, you know, this person's another former employee says, I've been called out in numerous meetings for saying Spotify. 
I'll be like, oh yeah, I was listening to that in Spotify and a legacy Pandorian will unmute and be like, what is that? So like (laughs) just this, like this weird, like they couldn't even like advertise on Spotify for their podcasts. Like as soon as Sirius came in, they were like, don't ever, don't ever spend another penny on Spotify again. Mm. It's more like this issue that's just been brought to my attention, but like podcasting in the last few years has been an interesting business to keep an eye on because all these, all these big entities have now realized how lucrative and, and the growth mm-hmm. that's, you know, the potential you, you we've heard about the, the Joe Rogan deal um, at, with Spotify and the armchair expert deal with Spotify um, Apple sent me an email the other day and it's like now they want now they're making tools to for people to be able to make their own podcast which this podcast yeah. is done through anchor which is now yeah. a subsidiary of spotify it wasn't when we started using anchor it was its own thing yeah and then spotify yeah. bought it and now every time i upload an episode they're like hey you want to upload the video version because we can do that and i was like no i'm good no you know yeah. thank you and it's yeah. like you want to put this on just spotify i was like no i want it everywhere thank you um, yeah, right. And now Apple several years later is like, we can help you make podcasts. It's like, oh, you'd like to help me now, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Yep. And it just made me kind of it just kind of triggered me, Dustin, because of just how yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. it's been for years to get this podcast on the air. Yeah. Um, and now everyone wants to help. And it's like, great, great. I'm good now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Exactly. We figured it out. <laughs> I needed Thank your you. help no, 10 years you. ago. Yeah. Thanks right. a lot. I want my year of money back <laughs> that yep. I paid yep. Apple. Yeah. God, that makes me so yep. mad. Anyway, yep. it's this thing now that everyone wants in on and they're spending all this money, but they're also just, they're doing the textbook corporate consolidation thing. They're buying the thing and they're not helping. They don't understand why the thing is successful and they don't mm. seem to care. And now like if the thing is becoming less special and people mm. are leaving and going to Patreon and yeah, mm. it, it's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously Spotify or obviously podcasting has grown yeah. exponentially in the last several years. Um, and and it's it's huge business now, um, much in the way that radio was back in the day. Um, yeah. It's like it, it has become a staple for so many people's daily routines to at any moment of, you know, uh, uh, of of listening to anything it's a podcast as opposed to music or whatever else and so i think um i think it only makes sense that the tide turns um it's weird maybe maybe we're in that now where okay it's super lucrative everybody wants in then everybody gets in and it becomes too easy and so then it becomes useless because there's just too much option yeah there's just too much. And then eventually it scales itself back down and either the next thing happens or, or, or podcasting just becomes, uh, it reverts back to its form after, you know, X amount of time of, of just being the weird, bizarro version of itself. And in, in a weird way, like I, I, so this author, Cal Newport that I've, read whose books I read and who I follow. And he says, you know, from every metric he's seen, he's a computer science professor. Um, it's one of the things he does. And he said that, um, based on the trends that he's seeing video is still, and will become a bigger element of 
people's entertainment. He says, mm. you know, like one of the reasons podcasting became as big as it did just for just audio was because at the time it became, it exploded, the bandwidth needed to push audio was a lot less demanding than video. You couldn't do high quality video streaming live and, yeah. you know, on devices here and there because it just wasn't possible. But yeah. now that it is, that's something that people want to be a part of. Now, you know, I can see that and I can agree with that. And I personally, I like to watch what people look like when they're talking into microphones. That's just something I like. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done that before, but at the same time, as we've also talked about when your show is just audio, like, and people aren't always like, sometimes they're doing yard work or they're driving, like they're not going to watch their phone while they're listening to your show. They just want to listen. And that's yeah. part of where I thought Spotify is kind of ahead of the curve where they were like, yeah, you can upload the video version. If you want to look at it, you can look down at your phone and look at what's happening. And, and if you don't, is, yeah. and you can still just drive in your car and not look at it. You know, you don't have right. to, you don't got to look at it, man. Um, right. Exactly. So like, um, so I don't know. I mean, like uh, some, one of the morning brew things the other day was like, we've reached peak podcasts. It was talking about like, cutting staff on in certain companies. I think it was, I think Spotify was, was laying off some people or something. Um, and, uh, it was sort of like, you know, podcasting like other businesses grew too fast in the pandemic and hired too many yeah. people. Yeah. And now they're having to lay people off. And it's interesting because like, I don't, know that we're past peak podcasts, but I do know it just seems like there's more than anyone could possibly listen to. And yeah. the whole point of podcasting, well, the whole point of it, the whole appeal of podcasting is it feels intimate. And yeah. a lot of the biggest shows that have been intentionally made as the big shows feel like radio. They feel broad. Yeah. They feel like yep. they, you know, maybe they're about sports. So they're for sports people, but like they appeal to everyone. They cover all kinds of sports and the ad reads are for like Mercedes and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as personal. It feels mass produced for a mass audience and yeah. other podcasts are very small like ours and extremely niche. I'll say like ours. And then others are better at having that special thing that captures people. And those are the best yeah. ones to listen to. And, um, but yeah, everyone seems like right now there's the biggest thing is the rewatch podcast. There's office ladies. Yeah. You were talking about the boy meets world podcast. There's a parks and rec one. There's a whole lot of them where people are usually the actors are like, let's start a podcast. And maybe it's pandemic stuff because they couldn't work. So it's like, yeah. you know, let's, let's do something. What can we do? And so maybe a lot of actors were just at the same time. We're like, Hey, office ladies is doing well. Like let's, let's do our own rewatch podcast. We've got these. So, I mean, there's a, they're, they're doing one for the Sopranos, uh, Michael Imperioli yeah. and um, Steve Sherpa have one, mm -hmm. for the Sopranos and um, always sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Always sunny. has got one. Although theirs is not really a rewatch podcast. The more I, mm. you know, every week, the more I watch it, the more it's like, they're not really talking about the episode. They might like ah. a couple of scenes, but sometimes they just don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, you sure. know. But those sure. are all good. I love them all. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I think we're past it or not. I mean, it's always going to be a big part of it. It's not like it's going to go away. Podcasting is not going to go no. anywhere. If it shrinks, it'll shrink like a little bit, a little bit. I don't, I don't think we're past it. I think what'll happen is as, well, I won't say what will happen, what could happen 
is as the as there becomes more things to listen to, mm-hmm. the things that enjoyed large numbers of people, like the largest, will continue. The next tier will start seeing a drop off, mm-hmm. and the next tier down will start seeing a bigger drop off, and it'll just exponentially like drop off um, as you get down the the tier list of popular podcasts. And then what that means is that ad revenue will will dry up for some of the lower tier podcasts, mm-hmm. and 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 it will be less special because you'll have less viewers. So the 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 advertisers will have less incentive to advertise on your podcast and so then there becomes fewer podcasts that are making solid money and the big guys remain the big guys um and it becomes harder for the small guys to ever get big because the ones the advertisers will go to are those huge Joe Rogan type shows Mm -hmm. and they're not going to, they're not going to worry with spending their money on the podcast that reaches a thousand people uh, per episode. Right. Or, or 10,000 or even a hundred thousand because, well, why would we do that when we can just go to Conan and, and pay him a lot of money for a lot of years. And so, so that may be more what, what I see happening is the lower tier podcasts suffer. And the big guys remain fine. And, you know, the idea that like what's good about podcasting is because they're so, or they can be so low maintenance to produce, mm. like this show sounds as professional as most shows do. Yeah. I've seen shows that have like, a, like, a, like hundreds of star ratings on iTunes. Sound like dog shit compared to our show. <laughs> like they sound terrible. Right. You know, yeah, they've obviously yeah. got a following, they've got something cool, but like their the production quality is not there. And yeah. we've probably put in less than five hundred dollars in ten years on this show. Yeah. Um yeah. here and there. Just I've had this mic for like five years. Yeah, and it's I've had this busted. mic for five years. Yeah, it's like busted all to pieces and it needs to be replaced, but eh. Right. Like we like it doesn't have to, and I don't need this mixer to do the show. I don't need this mic. Like I had other stuff. Like we did this show. We used to do the show for 20 bucks. And the idea that like, you know, that yeah. would never stop people from making shows. And as long as, you know, there's still a platform for podcasts, like people, like people shouldn't be freaking out. Like, Oh no, like now my favorite true crime podcast is going to go away. It's only going to go away. If that was those people's only job, if that yeah. was their only yeah. job, and, you know, they're about to lose a lot of advertisers because they don't have enough listeners, then yeah, yeah it's probably going to go away or you'll, right. you'll hear it less often. This yeah, show yeah, is yeah. free and doesn't make any money and we do yeah. it once a week. Um, you know, imagine right. if we had been making, you know, 50 grand a year each from this episode, from this show, like, yeah. and we were doing an episode every day, if we suddenly lost it and we were only making 10 grand each a year, yeah. well, then we're doing like one, you know one a month or something. You know what I mean? Like right, exactly. we're going to cut down because now we have to get jobs. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, yeah. But since, that's we already, hurt. since we already need jobs, um, you know, yep. uh, yeah, like the, you're right. The big fish will remain the big fish. Uh, you know, when there's, when there's not enough food to go around, all the little fish die and, uh, where right. they leave. Um, but yep. yeah, most yep. people who the podcasters that I like to listen to the most, are the people who have other shit going on. Um, yeah. because that's part of 
I don't know, like I used to listen to the Adam Carolla show and just among like the, the humor, just among realizing the, how, how mean spirited the humor is, um, on that show, it was just like, these are people who their job is to make this podcast and that's fine. But like, I, what I like about meat eater or Cal Newport or Ryan holidays, daily stoic, or what are the other shows I listen to? Uh, um, the office, like, like these people all have other things going on. Like yeah. Cal Newport writes books. And so when he's talking on his podcast, he's talking about the same kind of stuff just over here. And yeah, I like listening to multi hyphenates on podcasts because I don't feel like they're begging me to listen. Right. You know, yeah, I feel yeah, privileged sure. to listen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yep. honestly, I'll listen to a show and I'm like, I can't believe this is free. I can't believe it's free. It's the most amazing yeah. thing. Advertising yep. supported content still baffles me. I yep. it's been around for decades in the form of TV and whatever else, but I'm still like, I can't believe I get to watch something. And I don't have to pay for it. And like, yep. that's how valuable your attention is to yep. an advertiser. And that's yep. just exactly crazy to me. So yep. Yeah. For great sure. stuff. Yeah, man. Anyway, well, cool. Well, yeah. Uh, next week we're going to talk about the Banshees of Inishirin, um, and maybe other fun topics. And, uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, other stuff. I don't want to spoil things that have not been recorded. So I won't. <laughs> um, anyways. Okay. That's it. Sweet. Good catching up with you, Dustin. Yeah. Same to you. All right. And, and you, dear listener. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.